Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. On Thursday after work, a couple of the staff fellas and I decided to go play a quick round of golf before coming back here for worship rehearsal on Thursday night. So we picked the closest golf course to here, which is Headingham Golf Club. And around 5.30 on Thursday, we were playing golf. And uh, I mentioned the number of sirens seemed strange. And little did we know that less than 500 yards away tragedy was striking while we were on the golf course in the neighborhood where everything happened this week in the capital city of north carolina raleigh we finished the last hole that we were on and ran to the clubhouse and it was chaos as you can imagine so we got in our car and we came here to our east location off Destiny Drive, which intersects between Tar Hill Club and Old Mill Burney. And uh, we thought we were fleeing a situation and going to safety. Uh, Little did we know that the situation moved in the same direction from Headingham, the neighborhood, to 500 yards in front of Destiny Drive on Tar Hill Club and Old Mill Burney. And never has such a tragedy been so close to home and today we grieve with those who are grieving in our city and we just want our city to know that we love them and that God's grace and his mercy and his love is abundant we were locked down here for about five hours and we were very close when I say very close Uh, They weren't letting us in to our own church property. And then they weren't letting us out once we got in. So they didn't know what their situation was evolving. Five people in our city, five neighbors of ours, lost their lives. And their names are here behind me. Gabriel Torres was 29. He was an off-duty RPD officer. Nicole Connors and Susan Carnats, Mary Marshall, James Roger Thompson. I'd like to take a moment and pray for the families and the collateral damage that a situation like this causes. And uh, let's pray together. Father, we lift up to you every family and all of our neighbors. We just speak peace in the midst of extreme confusion. We speak love in the midst of extreme questioning. 
We speak grace in the midst of uh, just tragedy. And we just pray that you would wrap your loving arms around every single family member of those who, whose lives were taken. Pray that you would surround them with your love. I know that grief comes in waves, Lord, so I pray that you would be their anchor in the storm, that you would, that you would calm the wind and the waves of chaos, and I pray you would comfort the brokenhearted and mend them. Lord, we, we offer up our prayers that you would be close to the brokenhearted and that you would be there with them. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd also like to take a moment and thank every single hero who was running into chaos and not away from it. Uh, I saw firsthand the sacrifices that are made by all of our heroes in uniform, and we just want to thank you for protecting, keeping us safe. And so can we, at all of our locations today, can we clap our hands and thank God for those that protect and serve? We're grateful. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Mike, and uh, my wife Ashton and I started this church in our living room uh, 10 years ago, and now it doesn't fit in our living room anymore, and we're really glad that you're joining us. We are one church in multiple locations. As a matter of fact, we have a location on the south side uh, at the Regal White Oak Theater in Garner, and we have a location on the west side in Apex, and we just want to say welcome to all of our locations and welcome to all of our first-time guests. Can we clap our hands and just show a warm welcome? to all of those joining us for the first time. Listen, we know it's a big deal to try a church out for the first time, and we're just asking uh, one favor, and that is for you to take this purple U card. It's located on the seat uh, in front of you or around you in your cup holder at the movie theater, and you could fill that out and take it to the lobby on your way out today at all of our locations. We have a, a free gift that we want to put in your hands simply to say thank you for joining us and uh, it's a great way to start the journey of getting connected and then joining us for Party with the Pastor, which happens on the first Sunday of every month. We would love for you to join us um, there. Also, at all of our locations, uh, there have been baby dedications this morning, and I just want to let you know I'm proud of you, all the parents that are uh, giving back to God what God gave to them and committing to raise their children in the ways that they should go so they should not depart from it. I'm extremely proud. And... Uh, Super, super cool to see all the children being dedicated and um, to God be the glory. We've been in this series titled The Next X. It's all about making decade-defining decisions. Instead of making like an immediate decision like what's for lunch, or instead of making a week-to-week -week decision or a month-to-month -month decision or even like a year-to-year -year decision, what if we zoomed way out and, and looked way up and said, over the next 10 years, what does God have for my life? Over the next 10 years, what could I do that would increase my love for him and my proximity to him? Over the next 10 years, what are the decade-defining decisions that would change my life? Because we know this, we've said this every week, it is your decisions, not your desires, that determine your destiny. Turn to your neighbor, repeat after me, say, it is your decisions, not your desires, that determine your destiny. In week one, we said, whatever God says to do, we do it. That's going to be a decision we're going to make. In week two, we said, when I get offended, I'm going to release the offense. I will not let offense stick to me. 
And then last week we talked about fearing the Lord. We're going to fear the Lord for the next 10 years. And I don't know if you've looked back before and looked at your life previously and said, what was I thinking? You ever, you ever said that before? You ever kind of cringed at your thought process in your early days? Some of you are like, yep, my first husband. What was I thinking? Just a joke. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? You ever, you, ever, you ever thought about that? You ever made a decision and you look back at that decision and you're like, missed it. What was I thinking? I, I want to look back at a couple of decisions that were made. Uh, this was a really bad decision. Instead of uh, born to die, it says brawn to die. What were you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? This next one says, only judge can God me. What were you thinking? These are great. This is one of my favorites. It's is my life, John Bovi. Instead of Bon Jovi. There's so many errors in this. Like it looks like a child did it. It's is my life, dash, John Bovi. And then this last one, for the next 10 years, we want to live with no regrets. No regrets. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live with any regrets. I want to live the next decade with zero regrets. I want to live a no regret life, all right? No regrets. A life with no regrets is a life that I want to live. And I don't want to look back 10 years from now in 2032 and say, what was I thinking? Well, how do we shift our thoughts? How do we change the way that we think? I'm so glad that you asked Proverbs 4, 26 as a primary passage. And then we're going to get into 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this, give careful thought to every tattoo, to every spell check, to every email, to every date that you say yes to. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. I'd like to preach to you on the decision for the next 10 years to win the war in my mind. To win the war in my mind. That's the decision we're gonna make. For the next 10 years, we are going to win the war in our minds between our ears we will be victorious let's pray father we love your word it's a lamp unto our feet a light unto our path it is a firm foundation it is the rock that we stand on we are very grateful for the presence that is in this room and at all of our locations today we know that you are the same god the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives inside of us. So allow us to change the way we think today. Renew our minds in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Most of life's greatest battles are won or lost in your mind. Most of life's greatest challenges, most of life's greatest success and failures is won in your mind. 
And what I don't want you to do over the next 10 years is to live a life constantly looking back saying, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? There's a mean myth about you that lives in your mind that the enemy loves to resurface loves to remind you of there's a narrative that is false it founded on false pretense but the enemy loves to remind you of it and keep you trapped in it because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts so whatever thoughts are winning are the direct is the direction of our life our our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts so the question is what are you thinking what are you thinking? Good question, huh? A powerful one because when we change our thoughts, it changes our lives. And we've all had these moments where we look back and we said, what was I thinking? I remember the early days of our marriage, my wife was complaining that she didn't like the fabric of the pillowcase that she had. And so as a great husband, a young husband, a new husband, I thought, what greater Christmas present than a pillowcase? And that's it. What was I thinking? <laughs> Let me help you out. If you're married here today, uh, you meet a need. It's not a gift. <laughs> okay. All right, that's not part of my sermon today, but to meet a need is to not give a gift. You paid the light bill. That's not being generous to your spouse. All right, <laughs> buying a pillowcase <laughs> and considering it the Christmas gift of a lifetime is not the goal. What was I thinking? You ever look at your life and you say, what was I thinking? It's interesting because... Uh, studies have shown that we can think up to 80,000 thoughts in any given day, and out of those thoughts, 80% of them are negative. 80,000 thoughts, 80% of them are negative. No wonder you're mean. No wonder you always got something to say, not nice. Because out of the 80 thoughts you have, 80% of them are derived or are rooted in a negative mindset. They're negative thoughts. Cognitive behavior psychology shows that a lot of problems are actually related to negative thinking. They can point negative thinking back to uh, eating disorders, relational problems. Even some anxiety wasn't caused by external trauma. Some of it is caused by internal trauma of toxic thinking. Because you think your way to a belief. You think your way to a belief. But I got some good news. Aren't you grateful for the good news? Here's the good news. The Bible is powerful, not just to inform you, but to transform you. This is the good news today, is that we aren't just going to get information from a man on a stage. We are going to get transformation from his living, active, breathing word. Oh, the Bible will transform your thinking. The Bible will turn your mind around. The Bible will get you from thinking sideways to thinking God ways. And when you think that way, everything will change. It is not just to inform your mind. It is to transform your mind. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul, who wrote one-third of the New Testament, you can see the battles he has in his mind. He, he has insecurity and doubt and fear and worry, and he tackles them head on. And he delivers us 
just a masterful system into how to approach negative thinking. I'm grateful for God's word. I'm grateful for the writings of Paul because what the writings of Paul teach us is greater than any self-help audio book, audible that you can download. This isn't some yoga studio that you're in today. We believe in the power of God's word. Paul gives us his strategy capturing wrong thoughts and replacing them with the truth of God. So let's break it down. 2 Corinthians 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Some of you fight in the comment section just like you, you, others fight in the comment section. And that's not, how, that's not how we do war in the spirit. The world can have the comment battle. The world can reply all to the email. The world can, can give the snarky comment in the break room. But that's not the same battle we're fighting. If you are in Christ, you have a different war. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says the weapons we fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Oh, I came to preach to somebody today who's been fighting with the water gun. You don't realize you got divine power. You, you have access to what the original language says, dunamis. You know anything about dunamis? Dunamis power is what you got. I know it don't feel that way every day when you wake up, but you got access to dunamis power. You know what word we get from the word dunamis? Dynamite. The word dynamite comes from the word dunamis. What does that mean? We have explosive power. We have demolishing power. We have power that breaks down strongholds that the enemy has tried to build up in our mind. We have power that the world doesn't have. So we can think in a way that the world doesn't think. Because we have dunamis, dynamite, power that breaks down. It says the power to demolish strongholds. That word stronghold in the original is oturuma, which is a military term for a fortress built in the middle of a city, meaning walls, a cage, a pit. And many of you have been living with walls around your mind and negative thinking lives inside of it. But I have come to deliver to you the words of God through the writings of Paul that say you have access to power that demolishes strongholds. Can I get an amen at all of our locations today? This is where we battle it's in our mind. The devil, our adversary, he knows that if he can attack your mind and create strongholds of deceit and plant lies that begin to grow within the walls of the stronghold, that if you don't use the power, the dunamis, to break down those walls, you will end up allowing lies to live rent-free in the space between your ears. You will allow lies to begin to become truth in your own life because you lack dunamis. Power. What happens is, is you begin to believe what the devil is telling you. Some of the things that the devil will tell you is like, God doesn't hear your prayers. Some of the things that the devil will tell you, he'll say, you're never going to have a good marriage. It'll always be this way. He's always going to be a little drunk at the end of the night, every single night, and he's always going to get angry like that. No one cares about you. That's another lie that the enemy tries to build up in your mind and to trap it. Your best days are behind you. It's another lie that the enemy tries to tell you. You can't make a difference. You're just average. You're below average. These are lies that the enemy tells you. You won't overcome that issue. You'll always be addicted to that. It's just your personality. It's just who you were. It's just a 
generational thing. It's just my family's name. Those are lies that the enemy has tried to build in your mind. But the dynamite is here. The demolition derby is here. We've come to break down every stronghold that has tried to build itself up in your mind. And through the power, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, not through positive thinking, even though that's important, not through uh, self-help books, even though those are whatever. I come with power from the Spirit of God. What does Paul tell us? 2 Corinthians verse 5, chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish. We demo day. We demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Every thought you have needs to obey. You need to discipline your thoughts like you discipline your kids. Well, some of y'all, some of y'all don't discipline your kids. And that's why you don't discipline your thoughts. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to go there that quick. It's like you can't put your thoughts in time out. They got to obey. <laughs> I'm preaching now. Ain't nobody like that old school parenting, but it works. <laughs> you have to get your thoughts to obey like you should get your kids to obey. <laughs> I want to do a whole thing on parenting right now, but I'm going to spare you. But if you spare the rod, you. The church knows the word. The church knows the word. I didn't say it. They said it. You got you to gotta discipline. You got you to gotta get those thoughts under control. You got to get those thoughts. Those thoughts can't live rent free in your house without obeying you. If, you're, if your thoughts are living under your roof, guess what? You get to say. What goes and what doesn't go. It's the same thing for your kids. If your kid's 37 years old with Cheetos in his chest hair still playing video games. Because he's still trying to figure life out. I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I'm just saying, you got to make them obey. Some of y'all's thoughts are, are 37 years old with Cheetos in their chest hair. Living rent free in your mind. And you got to evict those thoughts. Because you have the dynamite power that comes through Christ Jesus to demolish every stronghold. You don't have to believe the lie of the enemy anymore. Our thoughts matter so much. You want to know how much our thoughts matter? Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart... So is he. That's not even like Zig Ziglar. Some of y'all don't know Zig Ziglar, but that's not even like Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz or whatever garbage y'all get your advice from. This is the word of God. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You are the result of the sum of your thoughts. As the mind goes, the man follows. <laughs> it's your decisions, not your desires, that determine your destiny. What we think determines who we become. In other words, I tend to think I can't do something. I probably won't. I'm just a failure. Probably are. I'll just always be poor. Probably will. We'll just never have the love like we used to. Probably not with that attitude. Well, they're just kids. That's just how they are. Yeah, that, that's just how they are if you let them be that way. If you dwell on your problems, the world is bad, the sky is falling, everything's getting worse, your problems are probably going to overwhelm you. If you look for solutions and you believe that you can have faith for God to intervene in solutions, guess what will come? 
solutions. If you think like a victim, you'll probably live like a victim. I'm just pastoring you for just a moment. I love you. Your greatest battles always start in the mind. Because every thought creates a neurochemical change in your body. Did you know this? Social media experts know all about this. It's called dopamine. When you get that little red notification on your phone or when you get a little comment or a heart or a subscriber or uh, a new notification, someone that you love affirms your haircut, someone that you love affirms your uh, new outfit, someone that you look up to recognized you, all that does is it drops dopamine into your head. My kids have YouTube channels and they got like 36 subscribers. They're mad at that 36 subscribers. I'm like, that's stupid. Don't worry about your subscribers. It's dumb to get caught up in how many subscribers you have, how many comments something got, how many likes you got, how many retweets or tweets or who didn't reply all or who didn't respond to the invitation to your birthday party. Don't, don't, let, don't let negative thoughts drive your life. The dopamine that comes from positive thoughts is like when my wife, my wife sends me emojis. I'll preach real quick. Let me check my phone real quick. I'll be out of here in no time. It's offering time. It's offering time. <laughs> when that emoji comes in, it hits a dopamine. You know, I begin to think differently because I'm, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's dopamine. Every positive thought is a surge to your brain. And what you can do is the more you, thought, the more you think like that, the more it will direct your life. The more it will direct your life. Henry Ford said this. You might have heard this before. It's a pretty famous quote. He said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So how do we fix this? Glad you asked. I got three thoughts about thoughts. <laughs> what are we thinking? Number one is this. You got to audit your thoughts. When's the last time you thought about what you're thinking about? You ever thought about what you're thinking about? You ever audited your thoughts and said, you know, I'm going to sit down in this comfortable chair. I'm not going to pull out my phone. I'm going to grab a little notebook and, some, and a pen, and I'm not going to turn on the television. I'm going to think about what I'm thinking about. You ever uh, done this before? It, it's called metacognition. It's when you start to, uh, ever, ever like driven a drive that you've driven all the time and you can't remember the drive, but you can remember everything you thought about on the drive? You're like, how did I end up in my garage? I left work. And I can't remember a single stoplight between job and home. I went to Myrtle Beach and back in the same day this past week to meet with some pastors. And I, literally on the drive home, I was so thinking about this message. And I was so thinking about the future of our church and praying for my family. I cannot remember the drive home. I know I got here, but I don't know how I got here. Why? Because I was in metacognition. I was thinking about my thoughts. And when you think about your thoughts, what you're able to do is you're able to audit all of the things in your life that might not line up with what God thinks about you. But until you realize that you're thinking bad thoughts, you'll never know it and you'll end up in the next decade not understanding that you've been thinking poorly this whole time. There are three types of, of thoughts that you got to think about what you're thinking about. Can we throw them on, on the screen? The, the first one is, is going to be, I'll, I'll look at my notes. It's all right. It, it's, it, you, need, you, need to, you need to ask this question. Question, ask yourself, are my thoughts negative? Are my thoughts negative? Do I have negative thoughts? Some of y'all are negative. I'm just not going to hang out with you. It's like everything about your life is negative. 
It's like, man, beautiful day outside. Well, there's a couple clouds. It's like, man, this food is really good. Well, it's a little overcooked. Like, dude, this is free food. Somebody just gave you this food, and you're going to talk about it being overcooked. Have you ever noticed that when you're having a bad day, you go through the drive-thru, and they might miss one little tiny thing, but it's like the drive-thru is the devil? It's like they forgot your straw, dude. Relax. It's just a straw. Just take the lid off. We survived many years without straws. But what happens is when you have a negative mind, everything becomes, it becomes contagious to everything around you. The, the red light is so much longer when you're having a bad mood. When you're thinking negatively, you're like, why is this red light 45 minutes? You see what happens when you start thinking negatively? It's contagious and it creeps into your whole life. Then you're like, why is it so cold in this church? Here we have the, the worship music. You couldn't get music this good. You'd have to pay for it. Like literally, you'd have to, we'd have to charge admission for the quality of the experience. And you're going to cross your arms and be like, well, that was, it was fine. Man, go somewhere else, man. Can't find it anywhere else. <laughs> Can't find that. Can't find that at all of our locations. What happens? Our, my thoughts are negative. You start having more fear instead of faith. You have worry instead of trust. You have panic instead of peace. Are my thoughts negative? The next thing is, are my thoughts worldly? Am I very temporal in my thinking? If it doesn't get done right now, it'll never get done. We're going to live forever, guys. We're going to live forever in glory. Let's start thinking uh, with an eternal mindset, not just an earthly mindset or a worldly mindset. What am I going to wear? How am I going to look? What are people going to think? All of that is worldly thinking. All of that will burn and crumble. All of that will fade away. That will not matter at the end of your life. What will, it will not matter. It will not matter what people thought about you. Are my thoughts worldly? Some of y'all get your thoughts from Tucker Carlson. Joe Rogan is your theologian. Don Lemon, should I continue? Are you guys all right? Some of you got worldly thoughts. You're like, well, I just think we need to do this. You heard that on Tucker Carlson last night. You don't think nothing. You just got the contagious worldly thinking from the world. Be careful. Worldly thinking is like it's all about me. What am I going to do? What am I going to wear? What are they going to think about me? That's worldly thinking. And then are my thoughts critical? So when you audit your thoughts, you need to ask yourself, are my thoughts negative? Are my thoughts worldly? Are my thoughts critical? Am I always skeptical? Am I like, don't come close? Can I not have a real relationship because I'm always skeptical of my last relationship? Am I always critical? I always have a critical eye. I walk in, man, uh, worked all day, came home, and it's like you could only you find the one thing that was forgot to be done at the house. Yeah. Like, don't be critical. It's like you'll send, send me an email. You never say how good the sermon was, but when you didn't agree with something, I hear from you. Not an encouraging bone in your body. It's only get emails from the critical people. Right? Are your thoughts critical? Are your thoughts critical? Because you have to really begin to not let them rule and roll around your brain uncontrollably. Because you cannot defeat what you do not define. Why do we need to audit our thoughts? Because we cannot defeat what we do not define. So how do we define non-negative, non-worldly, and non-critical thoughts? 
Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What am I trying to get at today? You got to think about your thoughts. And when you think about your thoughts, ask those three questions, negative, worldly, or critical, and then ask yourself anything on this list that is not true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. I need to get it off my brain, get it off the list, and start thinking about such things. If you audit your thoughts, it'll change your life. Think about what you're thinking about. Some of you are just robots. Punch the card, go to work. Drive to the garage, close the garage, go home, sit in the couch. You haven't had an original thought in a long time because you haven't thought about your thoughts. I don't want to build a church on mindless robots whose minds are not renewed, who cannot distinguish truth from lies. We got to think about our thoughts. We have to audit our thoughts. Uh, the, the next thing you do, once you audit them, then you got to start arguing with your thoughts. Ready player one right here. You bring me a negative thought. Watch what I, watch, watch what I do with that. You got to learn to fight back. You can't let them live in your house. If someone comes to your house to try to take something from you, you're going to argue with them. You say, no, 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 you're not allowed in here. This ain't your house. You got to argue with those negative thoughts. You need, pow, pow, jab, 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 hook. Why? You got to argue with your thoughts. You got to hit the negative thoughts. You can't let them get comfortable. Don't you take your shoes off in my head. No, you're going to go right back where you came from. You can't come in here. You got to hit the negative thoughts. But here's the deal. You can't just stop thinking about it. You can't just stop. It's like, oh, try really hard not to think negative thoughts. Don't work that way. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just for a moment, uh, uh, try not to think about donuts. Just try not to think about donuts. Don't think about that hot and ready sign at the Krispy Kreme. Come on. Don't think about them sprinkles. Don't think about them. Are you thinking about them sprinkles? I'm thinking about the sprinkles. Don't think about the dough. It's warm. It's melting the icing. Man, y'all know that box when you get that box? A hot and ready box? Shekinah glory. Shekinah glory. When I see that light, it's like uh, the, the, you know, behold. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's like, behold, the light of God. Don't think about donuts. I don't want you to stop thinking about donuts. Stop. Stop thinking about donuts. Stop. Stop thinking about donuts. I told y'all to stop thinking about donuts. Why can't you think, why can't you stop thinking about donuts? Doesn't work like that, does not Here's what I want you to do now. I want you to go back to the best steak you've ever had. I mean the best, the best cut of meat you've ever had. The best, the best cut of meat, the best cut of meat you've ever had. I want everyone here to think about steak. I want everyone, now if you're a vegan, I want you to think about the grass that the cow ate to produce the steak. Love y'all. Think about the grass. 
that the cow ate to produce the steak that we love. Now, if you order your steak well done, uh, there's going to be altar call right now. Just come to the altar right now. In the name of Jesus, if your steak is ordered well done, you either need to go to another church or you need to come get saved down here. They can't, you can't argue with someone who orders their steak well done because they're still chewing. <laughs> you see what we did there? You know what you're not thinking about right now? What did we do? We replaced the thought of donuts that I told you not to think about with the thought of steak that I told you. We replaced a negative thought, a worldly thought, a critical thought, a, 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 a bad thought with a God thought. That's what you have to do. As a matter of fact, it says this in, in Romans 12, 21. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How do you counter the negative? You counter the negative with positive. You can't argue with a bad thought if you don't know the God thought. You can't argue with the bad thoughts that are rolling around if you don't know the God thought. That's why in his word, there's 7,487 promises given from God to humanity. And here's the deal. I know this because John 8.32 says it. Then you will know the truth and the truth will what? You got to change the way you're thinking. You're thinking in a stronghold mindset. You're thinking in a negative mindset. You're thinking in a, a trapped mindset. But if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. See, the greatest weapon to overcome your negative thoughts is to know what God thinks about you. The greatest weapon to overcome your negative thoughts is to know what God thinks about you. You guys got this verse on your coffee cup. This is a different translation, but it says this, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts, this is God speaking, that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. It is imperative that you not just kind of force away the negative thoughts, but you invite in the God thoughts. How do I defend negative thoughts? I defend it with the word of God. That's what Jesus does. He gets tempted by the devil in the desert after his water baptism. I went to Golden Crow after my baptism, but Jesus goes straight to the desert to be tempted by the devil. And guess what he does? When the devil tries to tell him something, he says, nah, it is written. 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 Some of you don't know what is written, so you don't know how to not think negative thoughts. You got to know what's written. Here are some just examples very quickly. Negative thought, it's, this is going to fail. 1 Corinthians 15, 5, 7 says, Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. It's not going to fail, you have the victory in Jesus' name. Negative thought, I am a mistake. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. You are not a mistake, you are God's masterpiece. He has created to us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Negative thought, I hate how I look. Psalm 139.14, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Negative thought. Nothing is going to turn out right. Woe is me. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Negative thought, God is far away. Ephesians 2.13, not going to work. But in now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. If you've been brought near by the blood, then you are close to God. Yes. 
negative thought. It's no use in trying. I'm just going to give up. There's just really, I'm just going to start, you know, cutting corners and just kind of coasting. Don't coast. Here's why you shouldn't coast. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Verse 5, we demolish arguments we demolish them because we have dunamis in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedience to Christ. As the band comes at all of our locations to play, we, what do we do now? Well, we know the thing. We got to audit our thoughts. We have to argue with our thoughts. And lastly, we have to ask God to purify our thoughts. Purify our mind, Lord. Purify our thoughts. Lord, we've audited our thoughts. We've gone on the defense by memorizing your word. And now we're asking you for every thought that comes through our mind to first pass through your hands. Is this a God thought or is this a fleshly thought? Is this a God thought or is this a critical thought? Ask God to purify your thinking. Watch how much clarity you'll have in, in the job. Watch how, much more, watch how much more influence you gain in the kingdom when you learn to ask God to renew your mind. We cannot win this thing on our own. It's not the power of personal positive thinking. This is not some self-help sermon today. This is the help that comes from the power of Christ, that comes through being close to God. It says this in Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform. To the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. I believe Paul, when he wrote this, was very intentional. Because what starts in your head makes its way to your heart. So it needs, we need to renew our minds first. We offer ourselves to God. We're not going to think like the world thinks. We're not going to dream like the world dreams. We're not going to be negative. We're not going to live in this negative, critical, cancel, worldly culture. We're going to think differently. We're going to filter every thought. We're going to audit our thoughts. Then we're going to argue with the negative thoughts. And then we're going to ask God to purify our thoughts. How do you ask God to purify your thoughts? Well, when's the last time you brought your thoughts to God? God, here's what I'm thinking. Instead of just saying everything you think, men, <laughs> at the wrong time, God, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Prayer invites God to defeat the thoughts that are defeating you. I usually land on two extremes in my life. If I'm just going to be vulnerable with you for just a moment. I usually land on two extremes in my life. I either land on extreme pride, like I did this, or I land on extreme inadequacy, like there's no way I could ever do this. Both of those mindsets are sinful and separate you because they are both void of the power and presence and glory to God. And I get up here every Sunday, <laughs> sometimes the inadequacy lie tries to get to me, you're not good enough. Who are you to leave this church? You're too young to do this. Did you really hear from God this week? Is that, a real, is that really the sermon? Or are you just playing games? Or the other side, you got this. Go out there and do your thing. 
Showtime. Both of those are void of asking God to renew my mind. Starting this church, I normally land on one or the other. Oh, you did that. Or there's no way I can do that. One or the other. But that's not victorious living. That's not the holy confidence that God desires. To renew your mind is to be in the middle. Say, I can't do this without you. And I'm going to do this with you. (laughs) I don't know what kind of negative thinking you have. But in a room this size at all of our locations, I'm sure, in a crowd this size, there's someone in here that needs God to renew their mind. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to renew your strength. He wants to restore joy. He wants to bring back uh, all of the thoughts of how his will is good, perfect, and pleasing. He does not want you to think critically, negatively, or worldly. Audit your thoughts. Argue with the negative ones. And ask God to purify your thoughts. Here's what it says in the book of 1 Peter. It says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time and cast all of your anxious thoughts, your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. At all of our locations, would you bow your head this morning? Some of you have been wrestling with negative mindset. You've been wrestling with anxiety. You've been wrestling with depression. You've allowed the enemy to to set up shop in between your ears. And it's time to evict them with dynamite. If you say, I want a renewed mind, Pastor. I've been saved a long time, but I've, I've let negativity creep in. Or I've followed Jesus for a while now, but... I've let a negative mindset creep into my life and everyone around me knows it. And I just want to recognize that I, over the next 10 years, am going to win the war in my mind. If you're going to win the war in your mind over the next 10 years, you're ready to win that war. Would you raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand? Thank you, Lord. Hands all over the place. I I speak clarity of thought right now in Jesus' name. I speak clarity into your mind right now in Jesus' name. I cast out every negative thought that the enemy has tried to plant seed in. And I say, you are not a failure. You are not a mistake. You you are not your shame. You are not your guilt. You are not what you have done. You are not your past. I speak a renewed mind across all of our locations right now. A renewed mind. A renewed mind right now. A renewed heart right now. It starts in our head and it's going to make its way to our hearts right now. A renewed spirit right now. Create in me a renewed heart and a renewed spirit. A renewed mind right now. Right now we demolish strongholds. Strongholds of generational curses are being broken by the dunamis power of Jesus Christ. We demolish it right now. Strongholds of addiction right now. Your reliance on alcohol demolished in Jesus' name. You don't need that drink to survive in Jesus' name. We demolish that stronghold. I I demolish the stronghold of anger right now. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be negative. I demolish it right now. 
and I replace every stronghold with what is good, with what is pleasing, with what is true, with what is excellent and admirable, with, with what is noble, with what is praiseworthy. And we begin to worship you instead of worry. We begin to trust you instead of panic. We begin to be confident that we are victorious because we are in Christ Jesus. We demolish strongholds right now. We demolish strongholds right now in Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet all across this place? I just feel like there's just a little bit more soul care that needs to happen. Would you lift your hands to heaven? Thank you, Lord. Negative thoughts be gone right now. Negative thoughts be gone. Just lift your hands to heaven. Just lift your hands and thank him. Just begin to let gratitude replace your attitude right now. Let gratitude replace your attitude. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.